Chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. And he arose from thence, and cometh into the coasts of Judea, by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resort unto him again, and, as he was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him, and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? And he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement, and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What God therefore hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband, and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Bede. Up to this time Mark hath related what our Lord said and did in Galilee. Here he begins to relate what he did, taught, or suffered in Judea, and first indeed across the Jordan, on the east. And this is what is said in these words. And he arose from thence, and cometh into the coasts of Judea, by the farther side of Jordan. Then also on this side Jordan, when he came to Jericho, Bethany, and Jerusalem, and through all the province of the Jews, is generally called Judea, to distinguish it from the other nations. More especially, however, its southern portion was called Judea, to distinguish it from Samaria, Galilee, Decapolis, and the other regions in the same province. Theophylact but he enters the region of Judea, which the envy of the Jews had often caused him to leave, because his passion was to take place there. He did not, however, then go up to Jerusalem, but to the confines of Judea, that he might do good to the multitudes who were not evil. For Jerusalem was, from the malice of the Jews, the worker of all the wickedness. Wherefore it goes on, and the people resort unto him again, and as he was wont, he taught them again. Bede. Mark the difference of the tempter in the multitude and in the Pharisees. The former met together in order to be taught, and that their sick may be healed, as Matthew relates. The latter come to him to try to deceive their Savior by tempting him. Wherefore there follows, and the Pharisees came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? Theophylact. They come to him indeed, and do not quit him, lest the multitudes should believe on him, and by continually coming to him, they thought to bring him into difficulty, and to confuse him by their questions. For they proposed to him a question, which had on either side a precipice, so that whether he said it was lawful for a man to put away his wife, or that it was not lawful, they might accuse him, and contradict what he had said, out of the doctrines of Moses. Christ, therefore, being very wisdom, and answering their question, avoids their snares. Chrysostom. For being asked whether it is lawful, 
he does not immediately reply it is not lawful lest they should raise an outcry but he first wished them to answer him as to the sentence of the law that they by their answer might furnish him with what it was right to say wherefore it goes on and he answered and said unto them what did moses command you and afterwards they said moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away they put forward indeed this that moses had said either on account of the question of our saviour or wishing to excite against him a multitude of men for divorce was an indifferent thing among the jews and all practised it as though it were permitted by the law augustine it makes nothing however to the truth of the fact whether as moses said they themselves addressed to the lord the question concerning the bill of divorcement allowed to them by moses on our lord's forbidding the separation and confirming his sentence from the law or whether it was an answer to a question of his that they said this concerning the command of moses as mark here says for his wish was to give them no reason why moses permitted it before they themselves had mentioned the fact since then the wish of the parties speaking which is what the words ought to express is in either way shown there is no discrepancy though there be a difference in the way of relating it it may also be meant that as mark expresses it the question put to them by the lord what did moses command was an answer to those who had previously asked his opinion concerning the putting away of a wife and when they had replied that moses permitted them to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away his answer was concerning that same law given by moses how god instituted the marriage of a male and of a female saying those things which matthew relates on hearing which they again rejoined that they had replied to him when he first asked them namely why then did moses command augustine moses however was against a man's dismissing his wife for he interposed this delay that a person whose mind was bent on separation might be deterred by the writing of the bill and desist particularly since as is related among the hebrews no one was allowed to write hebrew characters but the scribes the law therefore wished to send him whom it ordered to give a bill of divorcement before he dismissed his wife to them who ought to be wise interpreters of the law and just opponents of quarrel for a bill could only be written for him by men who by their good advice might overrule him since his circumstances and necessity had put him into their hands and so by treating between him and his wife they might persuade them to love in concord but if a hatred so great had arisen that it could not be extinguished and corrected then indeed a bill was to be written that he might not lightly put away her who was the object of his hate in such a way as to prevent his being recalled to the love which he owed her by marriage through the persuasion of the wise for this reason is added for the hardness of your hearts he wrote this precept for great was the hardness of heart which could not be melted or bent to the taking back and recalling the love of marriage even by the interposition of a bill in a way which gave room for the just and wise to dissuade them Pseudo-Chrysostom. or else it is said for the hardness of your hearts because it is possible for a soul purged from desires and from anger to bear the worst of women but if those passions have a redoubled force over the mind many evils will arise from hatred in marriage thus then he saves moses who had given the law 
from their accusation and turns the whole upon their head but since what he had said was grievous to them he at once brings back the discourse to the old law saying but from the beginning of creation god made them male and female bede he says not male and females which the sense would have required had it referred to the divorce of former wives but male and female so that they might be bound by the tie of one wife chrysostom if however he had wished one wife to be put away and another to be brought in he would have created several women nor did god only join one woman to one man but he also bade a man quit his parents and cleave to his wife wherefore it goes on and he said that is god said by adam for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife from the very mode of speech showing the impossibility of severing marriage because he said he shall cleave bede and in like manner because he says he shall cleave to his wife not wives it goes on and they twain shall be one flesh chrysostom being framed out of one root they will join into one body it goes on so then they that are no more twain but one flesh bede the reward then of marriage is of two to become one flesh virginity being joined to the spirit becomes of one spirit chrysostom after this bringing forward in lawful argument he said not do not divide but he concluded what therefore god hath joined together let not man put asunder augustine behold the jews are convinced out of the books of moses that a wife is not to be put away while they fancied that in putting her away they were doing the will of moses in like manner from this place from the witness of christ himself we know this that god made and joined male and female for denying which the manichees are condemned resisting now not the books of moses but the gospel of christ bede what therefore god hath co-joined by making one flesh of a man and a woman that man cannot separate but god alone man separates when we dismiss the first wife because we desire a second but it is god who separates when by common consent for the sake of serving god we so have wives as though we had none chrysostom but if two persons whom god has joined together are not separated much more is it wrong to separate from christ the church which god has joined to him theophylact but the disciples were offended as not being fully satisfied with what he had said for this reason they again question him wherefore there follows and in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter pseudo jerome this second question is said to be asked again by the apostles because it is on the subject of which the pharisees had asked him that is concerning the state of marriage and this is said by mark in his own person gloss for a repetition of a saying of the word produces not weariness but thirst and hunger wherefore it is said they that eat me shall yet be hungry and they that drink me shall yet be thirsty for the tasting of the honeyed words of wisdom yields all manner of savour to them who love her wherefore the lord instructs his disciples over again for it goes on and he saith unto them whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery upon her pseudo chrysostom the lord calls by the name of adultery cohabitation with her who is not a man's wife 
She is not, however, a wife whom a man has taken to him after quitting his first, and for this reason he commits adultery upon her, that is, upon the second whom he brings in. And the same thing is true in the case of the woman. Wherefore it goes on, and if a woman shall put away her husband and marry another, she committeth adultery, for she cannot be joined to another as her own husband, if she leave him who is really her own husband. The law indeed forbade what was plainly adultery, but the Savior forbids this, which was neither plain nor known to all, though it was contrary to nature. Bede, in Matthew it is more fully expressed, whosoever shall put away his wife, except to be for fornication. The only carnal cause, then, is fornication. The only spiritual cause is the fear of God, that a man should put away his wife to enter in religion, as we read that many have done. But there is no cause allowed by the law of God for marrying another during the lifetime of her who is quitted. Pseudo Chrysostom. There is no contrariety in Matthew relating that he spoke these words to the Pharisees, though Mark says that they were spoken to the disciples, for it is possible that he may have spoken them to both. Verses 13 through 16. And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Theophylact. The wickedness of the Pharisees in tempting Christ has been related above, and now is shown the great faith of the multitude, who believed that Christ conferred a blessing on the children whom they brought to him by the mere laying on of his hands. Wherefore it is said, and they brought young children to him that he might touch them. Chrysostom. But the disciples, out of regard for the dignity of Christ, forbade those who brought them. And this is what is added, and his disciples rebuked those who brought them. But our Savior, in order to teach his disciples to be modest in their ideas, and to tread underfoot worldly pride, takes the children to him, and assigns to them the kingdom of God. Wherefore it goes on, and he said unto them, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. Origen. If any of those who profess to hold the office of teaching in the church should see a person bringing to them some of the foolish of this world, and low-born and weak, who for this reason are called children and infants, let him not forbid the man who offers such an one to the Savior, as though he were acting without judgment. After this he exhorts those of his disciples who are already grown to full stature, to condescend to be useful to children, that they may become to children as children, that they may gain children. For he himself, when he was in the form of God, humbled himself and became a child. On which he adds, For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Chrysostom, For indeed the mind of a child is pure from all passions, for which reason we ought by free choice to do those works which children have by nature. Theophylact. Wherefore he says not, for of these, but of such is the kingdom of God, that is, of persons who have both their intention and their work, the harmlessness and simplicity which children have by nature. 
for a child does not hate does nothing of evil intent nor though beaten does he quit his mother and though she clothe him in vile raiments prefer them to kingly apparel in like manner who lives according to the good ways of his mother the church honors nothing before her nay not pleasure which is the queen of many wherefore also the lord subjoins verily i say unto you whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of god as a little child he shall not enter therein bead that is if ye have not innocence and purity of mind like that of a child ye cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven or else we are ordered to receive the kingdom of god that is the doctrine of the gospel as a little child because as a child when he is taught does not contradict his teachers nor put together reasonings and words against them but receives with faith what they teach and obeys them with awe so we also are to receive the word of the lord with simple obedience and without any gainsaying it goes on and he took them up in his arms put his hands upon them and blessed them pseudo chrysostom fitly does he take them up into his arms to bless them as it were lifting into his own bosom and reconciling himself to his creation which in the beginning fell from him and was separated from him again he puts his hands upon the children to teach us the working of his divine power and indeed he puts his hands upon them as others are wont to do though his operation is not as that of others for though he was god he kept to human ways of acting as being very man bede having embraced the children he also blessed them implying that the lowly in spirit are worthy of his blessing grace and love end of chapter 10 verses 1 through 16